So we had a blowout last night. Uh, the election, midterm elections, was not a good um, moment for the Republicans. And the Democrats, no doubt, are cheering because they were able to hold back the Republicans, even though it is likely that uh, the Republicans will take the House, very likely, and may even take the Senate. But it just, the expectations were so high, uh, including for myself. I thought we were going to have a red tsunami. I thought it was going to be a massive uh, thing. And I was wrong. Uh, we were all wrong about this. And uh, there were many things to consider. Uh, one of the things that we underestimated was apparently the abortion issue. Another thing that we underestimated was the effect of this stupid, and it is stupid, the stupid mantra that they had over and over again that somehow democracy is on the ballot, democracy is at stake. If you vote for the Republicans, uh, they'll be Hitler all over again. Uh, it, just that, that sort of madness. Never mind that, of course, they say that every single election. It's always going to be the end of the world. Um, they, they can't imagine... Uh, a safe America unless it's run entirely by the Democrats. So that's, that's what it is. But anyway, those two things did have some resonance, especially the abortion issue, the Dobbs decision overruling Casey and Roe v. Wade. Uh, so that is, that's something that we, we just didn't take into account. Another thing we didn't take into account was the Trump-endorsed candidates. Um, and that's, a, that's an issue. Um, it turns out that the Trump-endorsed candidates didn't fare so well last night. Uh, we're talking about Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. We're talking about uh, Masters in Arizona. Um, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, and Herschel Walker, of course, in Georgia. He could have he won. He could have easily won in Georgia. Now it looks like it's going to be a runoff election, and God knows what's going to happen there. It, can, it literally can go either way, and it shouldn't be an election that can go either way. So anyway, with me today is Ari David, um, and we're going to have one guest after the other, uh, the first one being Ari. Ari, t tell me your takeaway from what we can learn from this midterm election. Uh, do you say about the fraud? I knew you were going to start off with that. Yeah, All right. So is, is, that, is that the only answer? I mean, we can certainly talk about that, but uh, you, you know, even with fraud or not fraud, uh, the fact is that Republicans failed uh, to overcome that fraud one way or the other. We should always be able to overcome it. Uh, we, we were supposed to have a tsunami. So that, and to, to the degree there was any fraud, and I'm not agreeing with you, by the way, on this, but to the degree that there was any fraud, uh, it, it would have been a red wave as, as opposed to a red tsunami. Instead, we got this trickle. Well, things just don't make sense, now do they? Um, for instance, Kemp, who's a not a popular governor in Georgia, wins by a margin big enough that Stacey Abrams actually conceded. But the same voters then don't vote for Herschel Walker? Very strange. It's a split. Okay, vote. very strange. Yeah. Because Trump is popular in Georgia, Kemp isn't. The next one is New Hampshire. The governor, Chris Sununu, who's a Republican, gets reelected. But then the Trump-endorsed Senate candidate for, for senator loses to the incumbent senator from the Democrat Party, Hassan. One of the bellwether uh, districts that went the Republicans' way was huge. I'm just going to make a couple more points, and I'll give it back to you, was the Virginia District number 2. That followed the Glenn Youngkin kind of trend where the moms of Virginia stormed the gates for her. And that's a heavily Democrat district near Richmond. <clears throat> 
And we took that one. And all of the analysis was that if we won that district, it would be a huge stampede through the rest of the country, like easily. Then I would make one other point that's, I think, very prescient about the, the trends and then the problems with the fraud. DeSantis won by 30,000 votes in 2018. He won by almost 2 million votes last night. That's a ton of Democrats switching parties. He won Miami-Dade County, the city, okay? Same trend followed in Texas. Now, uh, Florida and Texas don't have voter fraud issues. But the same pattern didn't hold in Pennsylvania, where in rural districts they ran out of ballots. The same, let me finish, the same trend didn't hold in Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin. And then, of course, we have Arizona. Now, Masters and and Lake are going to win. It's just taking forever, okay? So the point is the only explanation for that, those disparities and those weird junctions was fraud. Okay, I don't know that I agree with that. I think uh, part of the uh, the other way to look at that, and, and you really need to establish that. I mean, look, we can say fraud. It does seem like the cheap way out, and I'm, I'm not about to adopt the cheap way out. I'm not saying that I can't be convinced that fraud happened, but right now I have to look at it for what it was. I think a more reasonable explanation and a more consistent explanation is that you know people uh, choose, first of all, to split votes. That, that, that does happen. It happens a lot. Uh, especially when you're dealing with abortion issues, which is a big bugaboo issue today. You know, you and I know that abortion shouldn't have been on, on, uh, an issue on the ballot, but it was. People mistakenly think that abortion, that the Dobbs decision somehow made abortion illegal throughout the country, and they're going to fight this. You know, that's, the, that's their notion. Poll after poll, exit poll after exit poll says this is what people actually believe about Dobbs. They don't read the decision, of course. Anyway, uh, the other thing is, and this may be even more point, important point. Uh, maybe McConnell's right when he said that quality of candidates matter. Uh, people just don't, at least on the Republican side of the issue, people don't just uh, vote straight Democrat or straight, I mean, straight Republican. They care about the quality of the candidate. And I think we've, we had some problems. Dr. Oz was not the best candidate. He was the one that Trump endorsed. And yes, Trump is, is popular. But he failed to. Uh, he, he, hold, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. That only holds. Okay, I'm, I'm going to keep. Was a great candidate. Okay, I'm going to keep on talking here. Hold on for a second. You'll get your point. I'm simply saying that they, he chose Oz, and then he gave no mon- no money to Oz either. He didn't direct any money toward toward Oz for his campaign. That's a that's a problem. Oz was not a good candidate. Um, and Masters, not the best candidate either. And Herschel Walker, there are some issues with him as well. As much as I like and respect Herschel Walker, I think he'd be a great senator, but he's just not considered a high-quality candidate. And, and quality of candidates do matter at the end of the day. So uh, you've got Kemp, who is very good as a governor. You've got DeSantis, who's even better as a governor. You've got Abbott, who's great as a governor as well. Those are three states where the governor really won handily. They were all incumbents. Um, so I, I don't know that you can really talk apples to apples here. I think the more reasonable explanation is that the quality of the candidates uh, was the major factor here. I think we also failed to address the messaging. We didn't have a message. I mean, it's, it's one thing to say, can you believe what Biden is doing with the inflation, with Afghanistan, with the border, with crime, with transgender woke nonsense? Yeah, I mean, that's good that we talked about that. But we didn't have a message of our own. And I, I just, I don't think it was enough. Uh, apparently it was not enough 
to push the, the country toward in the right direction. Now, having said that, um, you make a very good point about Florida uh, and Georgia and uh, Texas, states where not only do they have very little uh, issues regarding uh, voter fraud, but they're so streamlined, that they're so effective that they actually had results almost immediately. Now, that, that might be because it was such a landslide, it was so easy to determine that DeSantis was going to be the winner, uh, and likewise with Rubio and, and many others. But these states were very clean, and uh, I think the governorship was so good, and there was a lot of down-ballot issues there as well. Right, and then what that doesn't do is it doesn't give the left time to go, oh, this is how far we're behind, here's all the ballots we need. Now, I want to take issue with one thing you said. Yeah, Oz isn't my greatest candidate, but Oz was a moderate, okay? He was a McConnell-type candidate, and he got nuked by the most unimpressive candidate in the history of campaigning, a guy with literal brain damage whose name isn't Biden. It's unbelievable. I know. Okay? You're, you're right. Blake you're Masters, right about that. Blake Masters is going to win. Herschel Walker for Georgia is the best candidate you can have. He's the most popular player for the Georgia football team in the history of the football team I, I agree. during a time when that team is ranked number one in the country. Okay. I agree about that. So, and and he, might, he might very well and, win. And, and don't tell me Governor Kemp is a good governor. He's the reason Trump lost Georgia because he allowed that fraud and then certified the election. So he's a creep, okay? Okay, all right, I got, so I got it, I got it, I got it. It doesn't hold water. The only explanation is the fraud, okay? And in those Midwest states that have become, you know, bastions of the left, it's like, you know, San Francisco in the northern upper Midwest, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, you have these these political machines that exist, they see how many votes are behind, and then they just dump them into the system and then call them late-arriving ballots. And one thing that's really interesting about the concept of the late-arriving ballot, the way an election should work is a bare minimum of ballots should arrive late, a tiny trickle at the very end. The number should be in the, hundred or the hundreds or the low thousands, not these tens of thousands of dumps that come in trucks. There's no I, way I, I got it. Not. I got it. Okay. I, I got your point. I understand, but I still don't agree yet that there is a, a fraud issue here. Uh, we, we have to see a lot more before we do that. Now, look, I, I think Masters uh, may very well win in Arizona. That's great. It looks like there's a good chance of that, uh, although he's got more of a deficit to, uh, to get rid of than, uh, what's her name, Carrie Lake does. Yeah. She seems to be very close. I think she's going to take the governorship, which will be great. But you know, I, I think we had some issues um, that there's, we can't look at it any other way. We, we, fraud aside, the possibility of fraud aside, I think we could have done better. Um, there, there's a more cohesive message. Another thing, for example, that was not a cohesive message was this concept of the commitment to America, right? Which was supposed to echo what Newt Gingrich did in the 90s with the contract uh, for America. Um, but the problem was that it was very loose on details. It simply said, hey, we really are going to try to focus uh, on a commitment for America, and we, we, you know, we Republicans are going are to be there. So first of all, they, they lacked the details. Secondly, they didn't market it at all. I mean, how many of, of the congressmen out there said, and I have signed on to the commitment to America, and I promise that I will abide by the commitment to America. No, it didn't happen. Nobody talked about the commitment to America. They talked a lot about abortion. They talked about, lot, uh, about the threat to democracy. Uh, and then otherwise, of course, our talking points about inflation, crime, and the border, and homelessness, and everything else. Yeah, 
But commitment to America, no, wasn't there. Well, well, and that goes to a direct contradiction to what you said a few minutes ago about Mitch McConnell. That's what's coming out of Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. That's the mumble mouth mush that is coming out of the establishment of the Republican Party that no one wants. Okay. That's what's so strange. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand. And so the very people who come out with this mushy message are then the ones telling us how bad the conservative candidates are. When it's the conservative candidates like DeSantis who are running away with it. Okay. You know, Kerry Lake and DeSantis are rock rib Trump conservatives, and they're the ones winning big, c converting non-Republicans to the cause with their passion. Okay, look, there's a lot in common between DeSantis and Trump, but don't make the mistake of thinking that the reason why DeSantis won, it was somehow because he was a Trump-supported candidate. He wasn't. We all know that. DeSantis was his own man. He ran as his own governorship uh, with his own laurels, and I think he did a fantastic job. He, like you pointed out, he won by a squeaker of 30,000 votes in 2018, and now he's, he's won by almost 2 million. It's, I mean, it's a fantastic difference. And then he won Miami-Dade uh, Miami by 11 points, and, uh, and, and not only that, but he also won among the Hispanics and such. Anyway, Ari, David, thank you so much for uh, being here today, and we really appreciate all the great insight and such. Uh, to the extent that you have any great insight, Ari, David, I love you anyway. Okay, uh, now with us, uh, just entering into the studio, is Devin Goodman, who's uh, been a co-host with us before. And uh, Devin, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's my yeah. pleasure. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, the, the mess of the midterm elections, but also what it means. And um, I want to take your take. Now, Ari, uh, you know, he has a, the first, first place that his mind goes to is conspiracy and fraud in the election. And look, I don't doubt that there's all sorts of efforts by Democrats, and I really mean it, Democrats, not Republicans, Democrats, to exploit a weakness in a system. Um, I think that there is something to all the concerns of the 2020 election. I'm not saying that it is outright fraud and outright uh, st ballot stuffing and everything else, but I am saying that there are some strange going-ons um, during the 2020 election, and I wouldn't be surprised if they felt, it, you know, if it, if it was true that they actually were engaging in this nefarious activity that uh, I wouldn't be surprised that they would say, well, look, it worked before, and uh, let's see, it's two years later now, let's, let's do it again. We'll, we'll have some more fun. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and look, uh, you can see it. You're not surprised when people are told that they can get away with uh, stealing $950 from CBS or any other store, for that matter, and not be prosecuted for it um, or with, with, at least with, uh, they, they would not be required to have any bail and so on. And then, then they do it again. Why, why would you be surprised? Of course that's going to happen. So if the perception is that they can stuff the ballot or otherwise undermine the election machines in one way or the other, uh, you know, look, and, and they get away with it and nobody's pointing it out or anything else, well, other than a movie, uh, you know, called 2,000 Mules, which obviously is not changing in my, minds of anybody, or at least from the DOJ's point of view, then, uh, then they'll do it again and again and again, right? They'll, they'll, they'll do it again until they are stopped. Now, uh, I'm concerned, uh, you know, so Ari has a, a, a point that, look, there are some strange going on here, I, but there is no specific evidence of that. And I, as I said before, I 
I think it's going to be very hard to do. In a midterm election, yes, here and there you might have efforts, uh, and especially in the Senate races where everything is so instrumental. So I don't know. I just don't know. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, but one of the things I thought was very interesting was the argument that was that, that democracy itself is at stake. You know, right? So <laughs> I saw, I think it was from Fox News, they had a very funny, what do you call it, the Chiron, yeah. where it said uh, d- democracy uh, survives near fatal uh, end, you know, uh, crisis. It was, it was so funny. Um, so you got to take everything in tongue in cheek, but look, what, what's your takeaway from this, uh, Devin? I, I'm, I'm curious what your takeaway from the whole midterm election is. Do we, do we decide that the Republicans are not strong or is it that, that we kind of faltered for not having a cohesive message? It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I think one of the things that we need to um, take is that you have to really, whatever we do from now on and from until the next election, we do not forget about God. We have to vow that we're never going to lose the truth in the situation and our righteousness. And secondly, we, we can make blame, we can hate people, we can judge people, but the reality is all we have for ourselves is to say, did we do enough to educate ourselves on the issues? Did we need to fight hard enough against this, get our friends involved, get people educated like the Democrats actually are quite good with? And I think for next year, if a lot more of us are not in prison for telling the truth, <laughs> like the producers of 2000 Mules got in prison for not giving up their oh, sources. Right. I forgot about that. And that's a goal. Those are people that I want to be in prison with for telling the truth and being righteous and caring about the yeah. issues. I think a judge uh, basically released them, right, recently. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I mean, this is a, this is what, what, what kind of banana republic are we on? I mean, you, you may think that they're crazy for thinking that the election was rigged. Okay, I get it. You, you may think that they're what election deniers, as, as they love to say. Um, as soon as they say the word denier to anything, that, that means that <clears throat> they feel very strongly about their position and that anybody thinks differently is an idiot, right, a conspiracist. Anyway, uh, look, I think that's a wonderful point that you just made. It, it is all about God at the end of the day. But I, I think what if you don't believe in God, right? What if you are a party that is not so keen on God? In fact, even mocks the idea that there is a God, let alone the Judeo-Christian God, um, then, then democracy is something, or we should say constitutional republic. I, I know there's a distinction, of course, but we're loosely talking about democracy. Um, then, then why would you, why would you not cheat right and left if you thought, think you can get away with it? Right? I mean, there's really not many serious charges brought against people who manipulate um, ballots and otherwise. You just don't see that very often. I'm, I'm sure it happens, but, but not in a serious way. There might be one or two people who have voted in one state and then go ahead and vote in another state. That, that dog don't hunt. It's not, it's not cool. You might be in prison for that. But when you're talking massive voting, well, we're good with that. And by all means, do that, because that, that's all for the good, for the greater glory of getting our uh, Democrat candidate into office. So that's... Um, I think that without God, there is no real sense that they that they should respect the the ballot box, the the whole integrity of the system. Why should they? I mean, they don't believe in any higher moral authority. 
do they? I mean, so and not only that, but they see democracy as a, as a nuisance. They, they, they claim to want to preserve democracy. That's the last thing they want to preserve. They, they, what they really want is one-party rule and never have to have an election. Why have an election again if you are going to, every two years, going to have this massive uh, election crisis for them that might undermine everything that they're advancing? And if, they're, if, if their goals are so uh, glorious and so noble, then why would you risk it by allowing some Republicans to switch seats with them. That, that, that would not be good. So, it, look, we, we got big infrastructure to deal with. We, we don't want uh, the, the chance that the Republicans might come in and, and completely vitiate it because it's such, a, it's such a cool program and we are so noble. Uh, let us continue on with the, pro- with the project. Absolutely, and that's one of the things that we can really embrace as a positive for this whole situation is they still need to be elected. And there, they, there isn't a percentage that they cannot overcome with their cheating. They still need to lie to us. We, like, they're not as open as they should be. And it really is just to go back to God and thank God that you're one of the few people who bring God into politics is it really is a different a question. Like Trudeau's killing depressed teenagers without their parental consent up north. Abortion, they want to have after the child's born. Which is a question, did Casey Anthony do anything wrong? Because it's pretty much California <laughs> law now that supports her. Wow, that's a her. brilliant, brilliant point. Yeah. She just did it, you know, in the non-traditional sort of way uh, or the non-accepted sort of way. Right. That's such a great point. I, I have in my notes here that, I, and I think it's a very important one, that we need, very tied to what you just said, we need more emphasis on God, family, and country. And I, I, you, you hear this a lot. I get it. But that's the way... It needs to be. It needs to be God, family, and country. And what we can learn a little bit about from this recent election is that people want stability. And I'm saying this about the Republicans, too. A lot of the candidates that we put up, Dr. Oz, for example, is one. And he didn't lose by a lot, but he did lose. He should have won. Uh, and, uh, you know, many other candidates. Uh, what's his the, uh, Not Hochul. Um, the one that, that ran in New Hampshire. Um, it starts with a B. Anyway, he, he lost terribly, and he didn't have to lose. I mean, at least it could have been a fighting chance, and we didn't have that fighting chance. Anyway, they, they, they were not serious candidates. They were not quality candidates. They didn't have the, the gravitas to be senators or congressmen, as the case may be. And, and uh, the Republicans are so surprised that their man lost in this, what was supposed to be a, a great tsunami election cycle. And it should have been, but it wasn't. We took it for granted. That's, our, that, that's where we faltered. Okay? But where the Democrats are faltering and, ha- and will continue to falter is that they don't understand that, I mean, kind of going back to your point, um, they, they go with these ridiculous, ridiculous programs, right? That transgender stuff. And they believe that they are doing God's work, and I'm saying that in quotes. It's not real God's work, uh, but but advancing the cause of transgenderism, and then telling our kids what they need, to, how they need to think, and, and manipulating our kids, uh, encouraging crime, uh, encouraging reckless uh, behavior at the at the border, and drugs that comes with it, and the sex trafficking that comes with it, um, inflation, uh, all the other things, and they try to normalize these things, or at least gaslight you regarding these things, so that you don't even think about it. That's the nature of, of what happens when democracy falters, when, when you don't have that kind of transparency. And so you, you can see these crazy notions. These are things that, that should awaken us all 
and and apparently it, it wasn't. Look, we will uh, get control of the uh, of the house. That's good, but by a bare minimum, not bare, but I mean by a very small amount. And as we speak right now, we don't know whether we'll have 50-50 or whether we'll have control with 51, but we're not going to get past 51, where we were previously hoping that we might get 55, even 56, which would have been fantastic. But that, that ain't happening now. And that's all because we put up some pretty lousy candidates. Uh, look, Ari thinks that a lot of it was cheating. Okay, that's possible. But even so, the, the message is clear that, that we made some really bonehead mistakes. Bonehead, bonehead, bonehead. And with the, the, the things with the snakes is like it was um, liberal Pennsylvania. And if Oz would have actually truly ran on actual conservative issues, pro-life issues, anti-crime issues, being act, like he would have had a much better chance. He was just Fetterman, only he was a little bit more well-spoken. And Fetterman is pretty crazy. And we need to take responsibility for that. Yeah. If it was cheated or not, we'll never know because the Justice Department will never investigate. The information that is ours because we're the people of the government and the government needs to give it to us will never give it to us. But what we can do is be, like next time, volunteer more often with um, the voting counting, with any aspect of that, to actually watch and keep our eyes open. And what you said, to go back to that, is... Whatever an authority says or whatever a news organization says or some like big, you know, governmental institution says, we have to first and foremost, first and foremost, believe what we see and hear and know and not let them trick us. Yeah. Wow. That, that's that's really well said. I, li- I really like that. Yeah. That's a great point. Uh, so we talk about parties wanting stability and everything else. But but look, you know, going back a little bit to the. I mean, one of the fascinating things is no one's complaining, nor can they complain, that in Florida, where there was a massive victory for the Republicans, that is the one bright uh, moment, the eye of the hurricane, as it were, where the tsunami really did happen. It was an amazing result in Florida. I mean, it was a tsunami of tsunamis. It was amazing. And, of course, DeSantis won by almost 20 points. Rubio wins by, I think, eight points or so. I mean, it's really quite good, and, and a lot of congressional seats were, were flipped over. It was, it was really awesome. And no one is complaining that there was some sort of voter suppression there, you would think, right? I mean, how could it be that the Republicans won? There's no way that, that smart people would vote for, um, for somebody like uh, DeSantis uh, or for Rubio, for that matter. I mean, how can this possibly happen? So, but they're not making that argument. Uh, like they, like uh, Stacey Abrams made in Georgia in 2018, even though she lost by 50,000 votes, you know, somehow it was all suppression. Now she ended up conceding when there was, uh, I think, substantially more than that amount. And that, that's kind of a change for her. And it's a nice look, you know, to concede. Anyway, I'm, I'm very excited about that. But it's very interesting. Why is it that Florida, Texas, and Georgia... Uh, had such good commanding leads, right? In, in the governor races, at least. Why? I mean, it, Texas with Abbott. Uh, what's his name in um, in Georgia? What's his name again? The the the, the governor. He won re-election. Yeah, I don't remember the guy. Oh, I don't man, I, the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't yeah, believe Herschel it. Were. Walker, but yeah. No, we're not, we'll yeah. talk about him in a moment. But anyway, um, uh, he was he was the, okay. Yeah. You get the idea. 
so all of them won, and they won handily, and that's a great thing. But the question is, was it the election was more clean in each of these states that they won so clean? Uh, or was it some sort of great leadership? I, I, look, I mean, so far without evidence that there was fraud or otherwise, I think, I think the answer is it was great leadership. Um, that, that is probably the, the answer to that. And now DeSantis is on top. He can, you know, he, if he were to run for re-election now, uh, ultimately in the next couple of you know, months, he'll announce one way or the other, maybe a year from now, who knows. But DeSantis has a real, real shot at this point, especially if it's against Biden, who, who's decided to do this. So, so this is what I, look, one of the things I really want to talk about is to make sure we talk about the silver lining. So this is a good point as any to talk about it. But the silver lining in all of this, what otherwise appears to be a disaster, I don't think it is. I don't think. And, and here's why. Uh, the Democrats will engage in a very damaging hubris where they, they'll think, oh, people love us. They love our mission. They love our agenda. Not realizing that the reason why they kind of didn't uh, suffer a massive red wave is because the, the Republicans bungled it. It doesn't mean that they loved what the Democrats had to offer. I'm sure about that. Um, we just bungled it. So they will double down on it. Oh, let's get more crime uh, criminals released. Let's get more drugs into the system. Let's, let's uh, try, to, try to trans your kids more than we ever thought. Let's, in, in fact, let's have double the inflation we already have. That'll be great too. And spend more money and everything else. Whatever we can do, we'll do it. And he'll do it through executive orders or whatever. So that's one thing. So that, that will inure to the detriment of the Democrats. Biden... Uh, they, they were about to ask him to leave. If, if after the midterm elections, typically it's a referendum on the president and his policies, right? So uh, they were, you know, assuming there was going to be a slaughter, they were going to go to him and say, look, Mr. President, you know, we really respect what you have to say, but for the good of the party, you need to leave. Now he gets to look at this and say, I, I, you know, I, I, the people obviously love what I, I have to offer, and this is the one of the best midterm results ever. Uh, we people are patting uh, ourselves, patting us on the back, and we should pat ourselves on the back. We're going to continue on with this mission, and I'm running for re-election. I am. Okay, great. I mean, what a fantastic thing it would be for the Republicans to have Joe Biden run, even though only thirty percent, thirty-five percent of the American population thinks that Joe Biden should run. Yeah, I, and I don't know whether that's carved up uh, with uh, you know among Democrats versus Republicans, but whatever, yeah. it's still a tiny amount. So that's a big deal. The other part of it is, and I want to get your thoughts on this, <clears throat> that this will cr- create the rise of DeSantis, like I just mentioned, um, because he looks so different. I mean, he was able to carve himself out from this madness, and he was such a quality candidate fighting against a fairly strong opponent, and he blew him out of the water. It was, it was awesome. And then people, they can see that he really delivered a fantastic state, Florida. He, he fought the COVID madness. He was awesome, and he speaks truth to power. It's, it's awesome. And I think people will say, let's have him do for America what he did for Florida. That's a good thing, too. So, uh, and then when it comes to Trump, and then I want to get your thoughts. Uh, to some extent, Trump, I, and you know how much I love Trump. You, yeah. you just oh, know. Yeah. He's, he was great. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a part of me wants him to run for re-election in 2024 because I think he didn't get a good shake on this. On the other hand, he may have contributed to this 
I think, a disaster in the midterm elections and uh, by, by endorsing candidates that were not that strong, that he may have cost us the Senate and so on. I, I, I get that. But he's, uh, he's not famous for being humble. Let's put it that way. And he is polarizing. I hate using that word, but he, he himself is polarizing. And I think that there are enough people, Republicans, forget about the Democrats, there are enough Republicans, uh, you know, individual citizens like you and me, that uh, would be so, um, simply wouldn't vote for him, even if it's only 5% of the Republican base that would not vote for him, then what happens, right? I mean, there's a, it means that we minimize our chances for success. I, mean, I, I want him to win on the one hand, but on the other hand, I just, I want to win. Right. <laughs> and that's the issue. We, I need to win. DeSantis could very well be that man. He doesn't have the baggage of Trump. He has the same audacity of Trump, the same courage of Trump, but without the, I've got to prove myself. I, I, I want to show you how, what, what a big, you know, what I have. Right. We, you know, again, I love Trump. I do. I so admire what he did. I'm so grateful to what he did. But I think for the betterment of the country, I'd rather not risk a loss uh, to Biden of all people. I mean, I, I, I do think we would win against Biden, even if it's Trump Biden again, Trump wins. I think so. But why take the risk? Yeah. And this way with DeSantis, we have a good shot at having a reelection with DeSantis. We don't have that with, uh, with, DeSantis, with uh, Trump. So yeah. your thoughts. And I agree with you 100%. And I think there's a lot of positive. And one of it is you know, whenever we're feeling frustrated, whenever we're feeling angry, let us do exactly what the Democrats have done for like, what is it, six, eight years now, which is shove Biden down the Democrats' throat. This is who you support. This is who you love. And Fetterman was absolutely endorsed by Oprah Winfrey and never let her forget it. Never let the state of Pennsylvania forget that they voted for Fetterman. And that's exactly who they choose. And somebody who doesn't is a never Trumper who would prefer to have Biden. Let's make it very clear that that's exactly who they are. And that's exactly who they wanted. So whenever they show their face in public, everyone can remember that they're the ones who made Fetterman and even worse, all the anti-Semites in the House of Representatives electable. Wow, that's such a great point. Man, I wish I, I you know, actually, I hate that. I hate that point. And the reason why is I didn't think of it. Yeah. You know, as simple as that. I thought it was, that's, that's really astute. I, I, I think that DeSantis has a great shot now. Look, the messaging that we should have made is this, you know, great sense of God, country, and family. It's really simple. It's, it's not that hard. And then we, ha we can also point to how they delivered, the other side has delivered inflation, you know, insecurity at the border, crime, inflation. Okay, we're, all those things. Uh, and that's, that's, that would be so simple, the messaging. Just tremendously simple. It just didn't happen. Why? Why? You just, it's not enough to say that uh, they, they have bad ideas. You have to show your good ideas. And that, that, that's a big misstep on their part. Now, uh, the, the message that we did seem to have was this commitment to America thing. Right? You, you heard about this briefly. And they were really trying to peddle this. But you know what? They didn't, first of all, it was very vague. Secondly, 
there was no marketing associated with it. I mean, you, you just didn't hear any congressman uh, who's running saying, and I subscribe to the commitment to America. Who, who, who loves the commitment to America? It didn't, it wasn't played. So this is just general concepts and nobody knew what it was, what the commitment was. So that, that was, that faltered. Uh, in the meantime, they had the abortion thing, right? Which is, you know, it, you could say, okay, well, that really affected the midterms. But first of all, it didn't affect it that much. Okay, it, but it did have an impact. And because we didn't have anything else to counter it um, in terms of our ideas and to explain that, look, abortion is simply, it, it simply switched it over to the states. If a state doesn't want abortion, uh, sorry, if it wants abortion, it's going to have an abortion. Uh, I, I, you know, we predict that it won't, won't have any impact. In fact, it's not having any, any impact. Just send out the message. But instead, we just let that matzo ball hang and we didn't respond to it. Then this threat of democracy, right? This the, the democracy is the balance, as if they care about democracy at all. There, there, there was no, no question about that. And then we, then the lack of quality candidates. Really, I mean, I guess, I guess Mitch McConnell was right, and he said, you know, uh, quality of candidates matters. Yeah. It does. We should know that now. The, the country has been in operation for, you know, two hundred forty whatever years, two hundred fifty. No. Uh, well, we'll soon be at 250 years. That's right, in, t- in 2028. Mm-hmm. So, wow. yeah, so we're uh, 244 years now, and uh, and that's that's pretty impressive. But uh, you would think that they would learn some things about elections and that quality of candidates should be a function of it and that you need to address your own ideas. All the things we've already talked about, we didn't do that. We just didn't. Anyway... We have, to, we have to face something else. Very few of Trump's endorsed candidates did well. And uh, he focused uh, things on, on like likability and celebrity. Uh, that's, that's not enough. We don't, we don't, it's rare that we succeed with people that are just flashy. Look, Trump was himself a very flashy and, and uh, a celebrity. And so I think he misunderstood that just because people wanted him in the end, that that somehow would translate to other people, uh, you know, in power. It just, it doesn't work. Uh, you could say, well, what about Ronald Reagan? Well, no, Ronald Reagan, uh, he, he tested his mettle. He, he was, uh, you know, a, a governor for California. And even before that, he was in politics. So, you know, he, he climbed through the ranks. He didn't suddenly appear. Trump was an outlier. And we need to understand that, that the quality of candidates really does matter at the end of the day. Ben Shapiro talked about this quite a bit on his recent show. I thought it was an excellent point. And, ex- and one of the things, too, that we have, and one of the, my biggest criticisms of Trump is because he came up in the mainstream media. No one watches CNN anymore. No one cares what the New York Times thinks, except oftentimes Republican candidates. And they let those people who no one is listening to, they listen to them. We can actually directly relate, and that's one of the great things about Trump, is we can actually directly talk to our own people and build that audience that is outside of their control, outside of their their mainstream media that everyone is bored with, no one thinks, so we can keep it exciting and new and not let them control how we're going to show ourselves. How many of the uh, Democrats did not show up for the debates and still won. 
and or Fetterman in his debate was so painfully hard, but he still, you know, in theory, maybe won. And we have to realize that we don't have to show up for a mainstream media debate. We don't have to show up for a mainstream media article. We don't need them to write their, they're going to write their slander. No one's going to read their slander. And we can go on our way and actually win elections. Yeah, damn stream. Oh, my God. That's, that's exactly the point. Boy, it's, um, look, we're, we're talking here, we're talking, you know, after the fact, uh, previous to this midterm election, I thought that we were going to have a runaway tsunami. I used big words like that, too. Uh, I laughed and smiled and uh, enjoyed comments like uh, from Joe Rogan saying it's going to be like the bloodletting from the shining, from the elevators, that, you know, the, yeah. the elevators open up, the blood comes out. It's all very funny. But it, it, it made sense that it should happen, but it didn't happen because we really misstepped, and we have to learn from this. The good news is I do think that this will inure to our benefit, oddly enough, in uh, 2024. It's going to be interesting. And just one more thing. The way that we can—this is one of the tactics they use, is to demoralize us and think that our vote doesn't matter. The truth— doesn't matter. And then we'll, they'll caveat the truth. Oh, it's this truth. No, no, there's only one truth. There's only one God. And our vote matters. So we can get angry but demoralized thinking that the system's not going to work and what does it matter. That's how they beat us. Yeah. That's how they win. And all we have to do is know that we will get them because we have truth and we have reason on our side. Yeah. I like that. I, I, you do have to have the truth at the end of the day, and I think we're going to be we're going to be successful at the end. Let let, let me, you know, in, in the past, I, one of the things I was really worried about, to the extent that there would have been a red wave, a tsunami, even. Uh, the, here's what I was worried about, and I said this on the podcast. I said, "Don't you think that let's let's say we won every single race that we wanted to win, right? That we we reasonably could expect, and we had sixty of the Senate seats. Now we're uh, supermajority." And not only that, but we had a supermajority in the, in the House as well. Okay, great. So now we're tough guys, and we prevent and block everything that Biden wants, including any nominations of uh, judicial nominees. Great. Everyone's really happy. And not only that, but we forestall the, the crazy momentum. We get to push things uh, upon Biden and, and bills. And if he doesn't agree with it, we can override him. That would be awesome, right? Wouldn't that be wonderful? And my concern was that if that were the case, we'd be able to succeed in pushing it back so much that the economy would start doing really well. Inflation would go down. Uh, we wouldn't have a recession. We, you know, unemployment would be pretty reasonable. Taxes would, could not be increased. We could demand all sorts of uh, more reduced taxes and so on. So everyone would benefit out of that. And then he would take credit for it, just like Billy Clinton. Right? That's, that's what happened. Yeah. And he took credit for what the Republicans were doing, very shrewdly, by the way. I think I don't blame him. No. Uh, but he just got in front of the parade. And all of a sudden, he was the hero, and he won re-election. I don't want, I didn't want Joe Biden, I mean, to the extent that, you know, he was lively and, and had the sort of energy that Bill Clinton did. Uh, but I, I didn't want him to be another Bill Clinton. I don't think he could for other reasons. That's another story. But the point is that it would give them... Uh, ammunition to argue why he should be reelected. Now, because it's still going to be a mess, um, and you know, look, I really do want to win the Senate. 
but even so, it's not going to be a very strong majority, very bare, uh, bare majority. Um, it's going to be more of the same. There's going to be a lot of ego still. They're going, to be a lot, they're going to be patting themselves on the back, a lot of hubris, and they'll continue to make their mistakes. So by the time 2024 rolls around, whether it's DeSantis or even Trump, I think we've got a really good shot, at least on the presidential scale, um, for taking this country back. Once we do that, we're back. But we really need to learn these lessons. But again, like, like we talked about before, I mean, what, why is it that we're learning this now? It's like a, an 80-year-old man uh, trying to learn the lesson of being honest, you know, try, trying to learn the lesson of being on time, trying to learn the lesson of, of being kind. You, you should know that by, by the time you're 80, right? right. I mean, w- this country is 244 years old. <coughs> um, what is it, 246 years old? Yeah. yeah, right? 1776, yeah. So if that's the case, then we should, we should know by now. We, we should, we're that 80-year-old man that should have had the wisdom to understand that quality candidates matter. You need to focus on the issues, not only attack the, their issues and, and, and show their weaknesses, but also present your own ideas. It's so basic. We didn't do that. We just didn't do it. Now, other than some, some key states like Florida. Yeah. But it'll be good. It, it, I think at the end of the day, you know, God has his plans and maybe that was the mission. Maybe it's to make America see how bad the Democrat agenda is and to, to hold it in stark relief so that by the time 2024 rolls around, we know to reject it and to say, no mas, never again. That could be a great thing. 100%. All right. Devin Goodman, Ari David, thank you so much for your wonderful contributions today. Uh, you guys are real menches, and mensch being a really good guy, that's what it means in, in Yiddish. Uh, hope to hear from you again. Again, thank you for your contribution, uh, Devin Goodman, and it's really uh, such a pleasure. May we take control of the Senate, please, okay? What, what's your prediction? Are we going to take control of the Senate? I, I honestly don't know about the Senate. The House, I pray so we can take control of the Capitol Police and actually know all the information about the attack on Paul Pelosi because Paul Pelosi deserves justice and justice is that everyone knows the truth of what happened. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like your, your kind of demonic approach there. That's awesome. Uh, okay, I, I do think the House will be, we'll, we'll take over the House. It's going to be fine. All right, my friends. Brock Larry signing off. Saying God bless. And we'll talk with you next week. <laughs>